0: Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city.
1: Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. You know, usually I don't do long introductions on this program, but I have to say today, uh, when when I was reco- getting ready to record this program, I usually go to the gym in the mornings on my way to work, and uh, I was uh, on the elliptical machine, and I was... Uh, uh, listening to KGNW on my on my phone and the headsets, and just listening to some great programs. And you know, even though I work at the station, yet I'm just like you. I listen to the station. I have my favorite programs. I have times where I'm able to hear uh, some of my favorite ministries. And I just uh, had this uh, impression about how grateful I am for Christian radio, and specifically for 8:20 AM The Word, because. The truth is spoken, and the word is proclaimed, and the stories of God's faithfulness are shown, and uh, it just gave me a renewed gratefulness for the fact that we have Christian Radio here in the Seattle area, and um, it, it sometimes we take it for granted. We take familiar things for granted, and, and I'm grateful to the Lord that he's provided 820 AM to be able to share the gospel with people and to share truth and hope. And as as I was thinking about familiar things, I was thinking about, you know, sometimes we do take for granted people and places and things that we're familiar with. And I got to thinking about my friend that uh, is here sitting across from me, and his name is Kerry Cruz. And we've known each other for about 15 years. And while he's familiar, I don't take him for granted. He's a good friend, and he has uh, been an incredible encouragement to me. And uh, I want to welcome you today, Carrie, to Heart of the City.
2: Well, thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here.
1: Yeah, it's as I was thinking about it. It was back uh, about 15 years ago that we got to know each other, and we've had a chance to experience a lot of life together, and uh, share meals together, and just uh, enjoy the good things of the Lord. And uh, you know, it's kind of weird to ask your friend to tell his story because, you know, in many ways, I don't know your whole story. Mm. And uh, I I think our listeners uh, would want to hear it because uh, some good things have happened to you over the years. So go back. Uh, You grew up in the Seattle area, right? I did.
2: Yeah, I was in New Orleans a couple of years and in Missouri a couple of years, but came back to Seattle. My dad worked for a major aerospace company here in Seattle, and uh, he got moved around a few times.
1: Yeah, so you, you traveled with him, but then ended up back here. And ended up working for that same company.
2: I sure did. Forty <laughs> years of
1: my life, I gave
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> <And they laughs> or just should I say they took it. They, <laughs> <laughs> you gave, they took. That's they right. willingly took. Huh? <laughs> right. But it was a great company. It is a great company. I enjoyed working there. I loved my job. So yeah. You know, up until the last few years, things started changing, and my mom got sick, and so I got the opportunity to get out and spend the last year with my mom before she passed, and so it was God's timing. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. Well, tell me about those times as a as a as a kid growing up here. uh, You were in the Woodway Edmonds area. Yeah,
2: Edmonds. Yeah, went to uh, Maplewood Elementary, which is no longer there, and then Edmonds High School, which is Linwood Junior High, and then Edmonds High School, which is now Edmonds Woodway High School. But uh, spent uh, my youth there, uh, wrestling, football baseball, you know, all the sports stuff. I guess you could call me a jock in high school. You all split the groups up in jocks, and I think they called them heads or whatever back Mm -hmm. then, but spent my time in sports and uh, girls. Sports Uh, and girls. No church. Uh, My family, uh, didn't go to church, wasn't raised in the church, Um, and uh, then right out of high school, I joined Boeing. Uh, When I was 18, uh, October 1973, I Joined with with Boeing and uh, stayed there till four years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and, what did you do in the factory back in nineteen seventy two? I hired in
2: as a mechanic on the 727 program uh-huh. and worked down there in Renton. I lived in Edmonds. and worked in Renton for about 18 months and, and then transferred up to Everett and went into what they call production control, which is managing parts and inventory and things like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all the time, uh, you know, partying, enjoying life with all the guys that uh, I worked with and You know, eventually uh, alcohol kind of took over my life. I was, I guess you'd call me a workaholic, alcoholic, self-aholic. That's Mm. my three aspects of my life. uh, You know, I was all about career, and uh, in between that time uh, in uh, 1977, I got married, and uh, to my 42 years of marriage, this coming January, 41 years just passed, but um, she went to Woodway actually and. uh, you, did you know her? You didn't know her. No, nope, didn't, didn't, nope, didn't know her. His met her, her after Deb. graduated. Yep, Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, and uh, my twin brother was actually dating her sister, and that's how we hooked up. And we met in September, got married in January.
1: Wow! So it was a quick romance. And so this was what year? Nineteen
2: seventy-seven.
1: Nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. And how old were you? Twenty-one. Twenty. Wow. Twenty-one. <laughs> making some good cash, probably at Boeing. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Was working for Olson's Thriftway for about a buck twenty an hour, and when I went to Boeing, I was making three fifty two an hour, and I thought I was a millionaire.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and so life seemed pretty good. You had some money, you had a new bride, and uh, but yet there was really no spiritual formation. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In fact, uh, my wife was raised Catholic, and uh, we got married in the Presbyterian church. And her, she had an aunt that was a nun, and. uh, her grandmother was a very devout Catholic, and because we didn't get married in the Catholic Church, they wouldn't attend the wedding mm-hmm. which to me was like it did not make any difference to me i didn't really know you know what was going on there, so since I was not raised in the church and then after we started having kids and my wife, she decided that you know if you have kids, you got to go to church uh-huh, so she wanted to go back to the Catholic Church, and I'd never been to a Catholic church before, so I was like, whatever, that's fine, So we started going to Catholic church and uh my wife one one sunday i think it was during easter uh she got saved in the catholic church and mm-hmm. uh she thought after that happened i mean it, the, the process was is pretty phenomenal just to listen to her story but um she's like uh, there's just this church just isn't working for me i need something more mm-hmm. and uh we left that church and started attending a a non-denominational church in in Bothell and uh, I, I was still drinking and partying and you know she'd been I'd say radically saved all right it that because you know she was your typical you know she'd beat me up with the bible or leave little tracks on my nightstand yeah. and you know trying to convince me that I was going to hell and you know I just would kind of ignore her and go my way and and uh we our marriage became you know strained and And uh, I had an opportunity at work to be transferred to Toronto, Canada. And uh, we all decided to go. And at the last minute, I uh, pulled some malarkey that I shouldn't have. And my wife said, well, you can go there by yourself. We're not going. Mm. And by that time, I'd already committed to my company that I would go. So I went up there by myself. And uh, it got pretty lonely, Mm. you know, being in in a foreign country by yourself, your kids and your wife down here. The kids were all still pretty young. Um, and I had befriended somebody at work, and he had invited me over for dinner one night, and it was a Sunday afternoon, like 3 o'clock, and I was like, who in their right mind eats dinner at 3 in the afternoon, you know. But his wife had a different plan, and so we had dinner and then got done, and I was about ready to leave, and she said, well, are you going to go to church with us? And I was like, <laughs> you know, well, go to church? He said, well, yeah. And, well, I was raised in a pretty disciplined home, you know. It was... Yes, sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. You know, do as you're told and if somebody does something kind for you, you reciprocate do something kind for them. Sure. Right? So right. I thought, well they fed me, I guess I better go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like the mission, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh I went to church with them that night and I mean I you know, the pastor was speaking right to me, the message he gave and you know, I was like very convicted but not yet, you know, convinced that Christ was for me. And uh we left and, you know, Diane was her name. She asked me what'd you think? And I was like, Oh, it was awesome, you know, I felt like the guy was talking to me and you know, for the next couple three weeks I was over at her house every Sunday for dinner and then going to church and so I got saved up there. Wow. And uh
1: Did that? did your wife Deborah know anything she that was not. going on? She like, did not. In- interesting.
2: And uh you know, we we'd been separated and she was going to church down in, in Bothell and uh she had talked to this lady at church about, you know, what a scumbag I was. And she didn't use those right. words, but I mean, that's, you know, the things I had pulled on her. And um, this lady said, Hey, look, you have every right to divorce him. Biblically, everything he's done, you have every right to divorce him. But she said, Let me tell you something. He's always going to be the father of your children, mm-hmm. he's always going to be in your life. And just her telling that to Deborah, she kind of had this thought about, well, yeah, that's right. Maybe we should try and reconcile. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst to me. And uh, so I got saved. She's talking to this lady. You know how God works. It just puts the story together, right? And uh, I call her on the phone one day and start talking to her. And, and she wants to ask. She would, told me this later. She wants to ask me, is it okay if we come back up there, you know, where you're at? We want to wreck recontrol- She moves to Toronto. Yeah, but she was afraid that I was going to say no. Uh-huh. And uh, at the same time, I was wanting to ask her to come up. But Uh I was afraid she would say no, you know, because she already told me you can go up there and rot.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, and then it just – she said it and I said it and we were crying and, you know, long story short, they came to Toronto. uh, We reconciled. Um, It was the best thing that ever happened to our marriage because, you know, being in a foreign country, not having any friends, not knowing people, we had to rely on ourselves, right? Yeah. So it was a good time for our family to come back together and be united um, of course, we still had issues, right? I never ever dealt with the issues that had caused the problems in my marriage to begin with. And when we moved back down here, um, you know, we were still having problems. I was angry about things. and never dealt with my anger. And um, One day we were, my wife and I were arguing, and um, my youngest son had called our pastor and said, Pastor John, my parents need help. <laughs> <laughs> really? And wow. he was just... Uh, I think he might have been junior high. Could have, yeah, I wow. think he was in junior high. And so uh, our pastor called and said, hey, are you, are you having some problems? And so, of course, I had to tell him, yes, You know, your yeah. son called me. And, and then he hooked us up with this ministry in Marysville, marriage ministry, and um, we went to counseling for, gosh, the better part of a year. And uh-huh. the way this couple had their counseling set up is you'd go sit with them, one night, one day a week, and then you'd have to go with the, uh, they had a group meeting at, right. during the week where all the guys that were being counseled and all the women that were being counseled, separate rooms, but there'd be a Bible study, and then you'd go around and they'd ask a question about the Bible study and you'd have to speak. So <clears throat> it was really just kind of drawing other guys together to say, you're not alone in this, you all have right. same, similar problems as other guys. So, you know, it, it worked out where we finally became reconciled and, um, you know, I'm not saying our marriage is perfect because you know I still have my issues. And most right. of them I've been able to deal with, but you know, little things pop up once in a while. But um, my wife has just been so gracious to um, allow uh, me to be who God's called me to be. And so the last half of my career with Boeing, I mean, I was, you know, I lost a lot of friends. Let me put it that way, because mm-hmm. all my drinking buddies, all, drinking and, buddies, and, yeah, buddies. Yeah, all sure. the guys I used to hang out with. Uh, only one has remained, you know, mm-hmm. that's it, out of all the guys, and um, so I have a new set of friends, we started going to church, uh, you know, started getting involved in different activities, uh, different ministries, and, you know, there was a um, conference at one time where some guys came in and just kind of spoke prophetically over Deb and I, and, you know, we just kind of felt called to the ministry, and... Um, so, throughout the last 20 years of my career, we were involved in different aspects of ministry within the church, planted mm-hmm. a couple churches, helped plant a couple churches. And, uh, you know, I, God just had a pull on our life uh, ever since um, He got a hold of my heart and got a hold of Deb's heart. And, you know, we just have a, uh, we've going through the counseling ministry with this couple. Uh, they also taught counseling, so we went through their counseling classes. We've counseled other couples we've counseled individuals uh it's kind of funny, I have a guy that does some work for me around the house just yesterday. He came to do some work, and uh he's having lots of struggles in his marriage, divorce, that kind of stuff, and he was like, "Do you know anybody I could talk to?" Mm. and I was just like, "Yeah, I do <laughs> <laughs> you know in fact, you can come talk to me right here, starting next week you right know? and uh it's just, you know, God puts those appointments together where you don't expect something like that to happen, and it's like it's just uh, reaffirming that he still has a call on your life and he wants you to go do what what needs to be done. Yeah. So in the meantime, when all that's going on, I also became really good friends with this uh, other pastor, and uh, he was pastoring at a church in Redmond, and he just felt called to go into the missionary field. And his brother— in 2004, was pastoring a church in in Arizona, and uh, went to India on a trip, and was looking out over the city of India, and he just felt God called him to start a ministry to go teach untrained and uneducated men around the world in the Word of God. And they started this ministry called GTN, Global Training Network, where they go into different countries, uh, and instead of planting a missionary in the country and living there, they go in and train two, three, four times a year and then leave and let the indigenous pastors and leaders there train their own people. They know the culture. They know the language. They know what's needed. It's a super model. I mean, I, I, I just I fell in love with the model because I think what God wants us to do is Matthew 28, right? Go make disciples. And then those people that are in the country that understand the culture,
1: that understand. What those people need can go give them what they need. Mm-hmm. So, you're listening to uh, Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the director of local ministry development, and with me is a good friend of mine. His name's Kerry Cruz, and uh, he's sharing his story today. And uh, so, you, so did you go on missions trips then while you were still working at uh, uh, at, the, at Boeing? The, la-
2: the last couple of years. Um, this friend of mine, that's in in this Global Training Network ministry, Joel, had invited me to go to Uganda, and I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, what do I have to offer? You know, <laughs> uh-huh. this foreign country. And so uh, he said, No, no, I, I need leaders to come and help teach, and they have this curriculum that they teach. Uh, you know, church history, leadership, uh, character, and integrity. Um, systematic theology, just this good, really good, rich cur- curriculum that they teach, and then um, every Saturday after they start that that teaching, uh, the pastors and leaders come together for two years every Saturday to get further teaching and understand what's going on. So I I I committed to, to to Joel that I'd go with him, and we went to Uganda. And the first time I went to Uganda, actually, I took my youngest son with me because. He's been involved in Young Life and uh, doing some different things with his church, and he just really—he had told me, "Dad, I've always been called to Africa," which I never knew. Right? right. And I said, "Well, then let's go." So we went to this conference in in Uganda. There was like eighteen hundred people, and uh, he's teaching the youth five, six, seven hundred people. And I'm watching him one day, just speaking to him, speaking over him, and I was like, "Man, this kid's got a calling on his life." I mean, it was—I I didn't even recognize who he was. Wow! It was so cool. And, uh, you know, then we were teaching, and um, one of the pastors got sick, and this is how I really kind of got hooked into GTN for good. One of the pastors got sick, and Joel said, hey, I need you to go over to this group here and teach this group. And I said, well, who is it? Well, it was all a bunch of women. And uh, I was like, Joel, I— it's like two hundred women, divorced, single. You know, I don't. I don't have anything. To Here you are, this it's, foreign white guy going to
1: Uganda, going to preach him to yeah. teach him to yeah. two hundred women. And I was like, <laughs> Joel, I,
2: well, I don't have anything. He goes, You do. You got a message, just you know. And I had put this message together called "God taketh away in order to establish." And so I'm, I'm speaking this message and teaching these women, and there's this one gal over in the left hand corner. And she starts crying, crying. And, you know, about halfway through the message, um, she comes over and starts talking to me. Well, I don't understand the language. So this other woman came up and and turns out that this gal was a guard at the compound we were in. We were actually using a Muslim school to -hmm. do this Christian teaching. And she was a guard there. And it was her day off and when they first assigned her to the to the compound for for guard duty she said i don't want to go there it's all just a bunch of christians i'm not interested and so she she gets up and starts telling this story about she her father gave her away to this muslim in kenya and married him she had five kids and i mean this whole story well during the last 6 months all five of her husband died. All five of her kids had died. I mean, just this horrific story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, all the women are crying. She's telling this story, and I'm saying, "What's she saying? What's she saying?" <laughs> this lady is interpreting, and you know. And she gets done. She she says, "I want to give my life to Christ. I I know there's a reason why what took place took place." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this this is what it's all about." right? <laughs> exactly. I was like here I am, just this. this Ordinary old guy in Uganda speaking this message in this – Harriet was her name Uh – grabs a hold of this message and it was just like, all right, this is what it's all about, right? Even if you don't think you're equipped, God through you will provide what needs – those people have exactly, and so I, since then, I mean, I went back to Uganda with Joel. I went to Cambodia. I went to Ethiopia. I'm going back to Ethiopia in April, uh-huh. hopefully. The their prime minister resigned, so there's some up upheaval over there right now. So we'll decide next Friday if we're going. But going back to Ethiopia to to teach uh, different aspects of the word, and it's to see, and it's especially in Cambodia. The, the really young no fathers right pol pot killed off and they need fathers over there and i've always had a father heart you know and I, when i went to cambodia i was just like oh i got to come back here mm. you know so maybe in november uh, i might have an opportunity to go back it all depends on if my schedule works out or not but going back to ethiopia and of course Joel, he would like me to come every time he goes he travels 6 months out of the year and is like i just can't do it right you know it's just not part of my schedule but um You know, just going back to my history of where I was and my alcoholism and my workaholism, and you know, God just sovereignly delivered me out of this uh, striving for career, sovereignly delivered me out of alcoholism. Uh, I'm still dealing with the self piece of it, you know. It always (laughs) raises its head back up and, you know. uh, But to see how God's worked in my own life and it's like I don't have anything to offer but... Because of what God's done in my life, those pieces that God delivered me from, I can give hope to somebody else, you know. This guy that came yesterday, I mean, big issues in his marriage, and he knows it's all his fault. He even said that. First thing he said, "I, uh, my biggest issue is I can't forgive myself for some of the things I've done. Mm. And I was like, dude, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. Let's mm. sit down and talk about what God can do for you.
1: You know, Carrie, as I'm listening to your story, and we've got about two minutes left, uh, it just... It just reminds me that we don't have to have some sort of a giant theological understanding. I mean, you know, obviously study and, you know, is good and knowing the Bible and knowing Scripture is important for sure. But being available just to be used by the Lord and just to be open to say yes, you know, uh, he'll use you. Yeah. Even in your, you know, in your weakness, he'll use you. You know, I guess uh, as we're wrapping up here, I would, uh, if someone is uh, a retirement age, you know, you and I are both the same age. We're in our, well, you're a little younger. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'm a few months younger. We're, I'm 62 and you're 63. But, uh, you know, the, and you've, you've gone through a life transition where you're going into retirement. What would you encourage someone uh, to do as far as the opportunity and missions or serving in your local church? You know, what would you say to them?
2: You know, there's no retirement in the kingdom. And when I first started thinking about retirement, Boeing, I was like, oh, good, I'm just going to kick back, relax, maybe take a few trips. And, you know, um, I believe God freed me up from work so I could uh, do work for him. And I would encourage anybody that's involved with their church or uh, has a a calling or a desire to teach or to, to speak to people to get involved in aspects of your church, whether it's men's ministry or, you know, missions, being on the board, serving. Uh, I have a good friend of mine that uh, every Monday he goes to the Everett Gospel Mission, gives a message and gives him uh, you know, like an ice cream treat or nachos or whatever, all on his own. That's his ministry. Mm-hmm. And I go up and help him serve once in a while. But any there's so many opportunities out there, Chuck. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable the opportunities that are available for those that want to make themselves available. Yeah, And uh, don't sit back and do nothing. You know, we're called to go make disciples, Matthew 28. And uh, if your heart is for following Christ, that's what he's called you to do. So find a way to do that. Find a way to make disciples.
1: Carrie, thanks for joining me today on Heart of the City. You're a good friend and you're a good model for me as far as being available to share the good news of Jesus to Believers and non-believers. So, thanks for joining thanks me for today me, on Heart of the City. God bless you all. Stay in the Word. Stay faithful to Him, and let Him do His part in your life. Amen. God bless.
0: You've been listening to this 820 AM, The Word, special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, call Chuck Olmsted, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.